The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org. This song is called Dreams. The words are by Langston Hughes, and I set it to music. I'm Pat Wynn. We have Rachel Davis and Alex and Harriet Bagwell here. Hold fast to dreams. Hold fast to dreams. For when dreams go die. Life is a broken winged bird that cannot fly. Hold fast to dreams, hold fast to dreams. For when dreams go, life is a barren field. Barren field. joining this live stream service, our first one to be held entirely outdoors. It's great to have you. I am Reverend Millie Phillips, currently Consulting Minister for the UU Community of Lake County. Welcome and many thanks to those joining us here in the church. Pat Wynn, Director of Rock and Solidarity, and the requires singers Alex Bagwell, Harriet Bagwell, and Rachel Davis. Guest pianist Miwa Steger, and our hymn leaders Asher Davison and Ben Rudniak Gold. Jonathan Silk, our AV and sound expert. Eric Shackelford on camera. Sam King, our worship associate today. Joe Chapeau, who is monitoring our chat and can help you with any problems you have getting connected today. Thomas Brown, helping us function in our building this morning. 
Amy Kelly for the flowers we have decorating our space, and Alex Dar, who will be hosting coffee hour after the service. If you are with us for the first time, we encourage you to access the order of service this morning so you can follow along. It is in the description of this video, it's posted in the chat, and emailed to everyone who signed up for our newsletter. Today's service this Labor Day weekend honors working people, especially those who are providing essential services during the pandemic, who are organizing to win labor rights, and who are engaging their unions or movements in support of others working to transform our society in ways that align with our UU principles. And so we begin by lighting a candle, and since we're outdoors, it'll be electronic, as we have each week since the stay-at-home orders have been in place, in honor of all of you bringing your spirit into this place until such time that we might all be together here again. And now, from wherever you find yourself this morning, please join us in singing hymn number 157, Step by Step, The Longest March. The words and music are in your order of service, and the words are part of the Constitution of the United Mine Workers Union. Step the longest march can be one, can be one. Many stones can form an arch, singly none, singly none. And by union, what we will can be accomplished of water turn our mill singly on singly on step by step the longest march can be one can be one many stones can form an arch singly And by union what we will can be accomplished still, drops of water turn up. And now please join us for the unison chalice lighting. The words are in your order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. And now for a few brief invitations for the morning. First, I wanted to extend a very warm welcome to our guest minister, Millie Phillips. 
She was a member of UUSF for many years before going to seminary and was ordained here last January. We're thrilled to have her back preaching. Last week in our offering, we raised $1,000 for disaster relief. Thank you everyone for giving generously to this important cause. To the parents in the house, join us for the launch of our Sunday school program beginning next Sunday with a virtual waffle breakfast. To learn more about this year's classes, click the family ministry link in your order of service. We offer programming for ages pre-K through high school, and if you have questions, please reach out to Reverend Allison Jacks. This coming Tuesday is a meeting for those who would like to be a part of our national effort to UU the vote. You'll need to register for that meeting in advance, so if you're interested, please click on the link in your order of service. This Wednesday, we're restarting our socially distanced social justice vigils. We invite you to join us at 7.30 a.m. on Wednesday morning in front of the church. We'll have some banners and signs, but feel free to bring your own as well. Please wear masks and bring hand sanitizers so that we can all stay safe as we proclaim our values. And finally, a quick plug to read the material about small group ministry. These groups of under 10 people meet online twice a month for about 90 minutes, and it's structured with a facilitator. It's a chance to connect with a smaller group of folks personally and their uh, discussion topics that invite us to go deeper together. And no preparation is needed. You only need to bring yourself. Especially in these disconnecting times, we think folks will love being a part of it. So please sign up and send us an email if you have any questions. That's all of our announcements for this morning. Thank you. Join me in saying together our covenant and singing our doxology. The words and music are in your order of service. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom and to help one another. Yes. 
Recognizing that there is human suffering all over this world in the course of natural and human catastrophes, we ring our gong today in honor of three such places of suffering and struggle. We ring our gong first, as we have since last July, in honor of the seven children who lost their lives in federal custody in our detention camps. And we let its ringing symbolically stand also for those adults who have lost their lives in these camps, those who remain in such camps, many separated from their families, and many now infected by COVID-19 or at great risk of infection. We ring our gong additionally once for the losses this week to COVID-19. This week, 47,243 people died of COVID-19 globally, 7,308 in the United States alone. We hold in our hearts all of these losses and also all who continue to risk their lives to provide essential services. All those suffer from loss of job, whose lives are especially vulnerable to the disease and all whose isolation and struggle through grief and loneliness is harder and harder the longer this pandemic continues. Finally, we ring our gong once for the black people killed by police and by white supremacist vigilantes in Kenosha and elsewhere. May we keep those we have named and their loved ones in our thoughts and in our prayers. And may we ease the tide of human suffering this week, howsoever we can. join me in the spirit of meditation and prayer. In the names of that which each of us holds sacred, let us honor the memories of those lost and harmed. In these times when we are facing so many difficulties and disasters simultaneously, may we find the courage to resist and the best ways each of us may contribute to resistance knowing that resistance is necessary, but not the end goal, may we stay focused on what could be resisting despair, knowing that resistance is for the long haul, may we find the humility not to see ourselves as saviors, but as workers, each with necessary tasks to perform and worthy of sleep, breaks, and simple pleasures knowing that resistance can be painful, may we be kind and generous to those who work beside us, 
knowing that resistance is stressful, may we find solace and even joy with those we love and in art and music and worshiping together. And knowing that resistance may fail, may we live conscious of the ultimate value of each moment. Amen. Please join me for a minute of silent contemplation. Thank you. What's our dignity worth? You can't buy it. No, 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 no. What's our dignity worth? It's not for sale. If you put it on the scale, our dignity will prevail You can't buy it cause it's not for sale You can't buy it cause it's not for sale What's our freedom worth? You can't buy it No, 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 no What's our freedom worth? It's not for sale if you put it on a scale, our freedom will prevail. You can't buy it cause it's not for sale. You can't buy it cause it's not for sale. What's our union worth? You can't buy it. No, 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 no. What's our union worth? It's not for sale If you put it on a scale Our union will prevail You can't buy it cause it's not for sale You can't buy it cause it's not for sale What's a woman's vote? You can't buy it No, 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 no What's a woman's vote? It's not for sale. If you put it on a scale, a woman's vote will prevail. You can't buy it because it's not for sale. You can't buy it because it's not for sale. Solidarity for
Google has a reputation for being a great place to work. I certainly had a good time there, my first job after college. They served three healthy meals a day, great speakers, amazing coworkers to learn from, good management and transparency, important problems to solve. I spent some time working on education and diversity and inclusion. Google's a great place to work for some folks. If you aren't a full-time engineer, you're second class at Google. For a long time, Google short-sightedly believed that if they could make a good website, they didn't need sales or marketing, uh, and once they planned on firing all of their product managers. More than half of the people who work there are also called TVCs, temporary workers, vendors, and independent contractors. When I was at Google, one of my teammates started in sales but taught himself how to program. He was one of the best engineers I've worked with, and he did the same job that I did. But because of his background, he couldn't get a full-time job and was hired as a contractor. That meant he couldn't attend the company all-hands meeting. He didn't get the same perks or benefits, probably didn't get the same pay, didn't get the same respect. There are around 100,000 people, like my coworker, at Google. The people who did the things that are necessary to make it so that everybody else can work there, who drive the Google buses, make food, provide security. But when these TVCs ask for better conditions, instead of hiring them full-time and giving them benefits, Google and other big companies often hire folks to make it harder to organize into labor unions. My dad is a union pipefitter with UA Local 290 in Oregon, and growing up, one of the things that he always emphasized to me about unions was solidarity, workers banding together, recognizing our interconnectedness, refusing to be separated from one another, whether on racial or ethnic lines, by gender, or even by job title, so that we can all come together for a common cause. In that spirit of solidarity, some folks started the Tech Workers Coalition to bring together the engineers and uh, all of the other workers at the same company to help them organize together. I don't want to act like the engineers and the Tech Workers Coalition were saviors or anything. In many cases, the blue-collar workers were already doing a lot of great organizing work with unions like Unite Here. It really is a coalition where different people bring different things to the table. Some folks bring their expertise with organizing. Some folks uh, bring their, uh, their willingness to put their jobs on the line. And some folks bring the privilege associated with their title. The Tech Workers Coalition was getting started around the time that I left Google, so I didn't have the chance to participate myself. But acts of solidarity like that give me hope. A lot of people who aren't in a union themselves don't know how they can help with the organized labor movement. But solidarity doesn't mean that every person needs to do the same thing or participate in the same way. Right now, I'm not in a union myself, but I'm lucky enough to work with groups like the AFL-CIO, National Nurses United, as well as newer labor organizing groups like United for Respect. And I help by building technology that they can use to organize their people. If we're creative, if we talk to the people on the front lines who need help and who are doing organizing, then we can each find our own place in the movement and we can build the world that we know is possible. The Solidarity Chorus uh, shared the song Solidarity Forever with you, and uh, I want to share one additional verse of that. 
In our hands is placed a power greater than their hoarded gold, greater than the might of armies magnified a thousandfold. We can bring the birth a new world from the ashes of the old, for the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever, solidarity forever, solidarity forever, for the union makes us strong. Thank you so much, Sam. Our offering this morning will go to support the works and ministries of this community. You can give online by pressing the donation button in the order of service or on our website. A link is also in the video description and in the chat. In the payment portal, please indicate if your gift is part of a pledge or a general donation. Thank you in advance for your generosity. Together, we will band together. 
We'll breathe in and out as one, and we will rise, rise, rise. Our hearts will pound as one, and we will rise, rise, rise. How beautiful. Before our sermon, Sam will share a reading a House Called Tomorrow by Alberto Rios. You are not 15 or 12 or 17. You are a hundred wild centuries. And 15 bringing with you in every breath and in every step everyone who has come before you, all the yous that you have been the mothers of your mother, the fathers of your father. If someone in your family tree was trouble, a hundred were not. The bad do not win, not finally, no matter how loud they are. We simply would not be here if that were so. You are made fundamentally from the good. With this knowledge, you never march alone. You are the breaking news of this century. You are the good who has come forward through it all, even if so many days you feel otherwise. But think, when you as a child learned to speak, it's not that you didn't know words, it's that from the centuries you knew so many, and it's hard to choose the words that will be your own. From those centuries, we human beings bring with us the simple solutions and songs, the river bridges and star charts and song harmonies, all in service to a simple idea that we can make a house called tomorrow. What we bring finally into the new day every day is ourselves, and that is all we need to start. That's everything we require to keep going. Look back only for as long as you must, then go forward into the history that you will make. Be good, then better. Write books, cure disease, make us proud, make yourself proud. And those who came before you, when you hear thunder, that is their applause. What do we do when we're under attack? What do we do? Act up, fight back. I don't need to remind anyone that we are living in weird times. I prefer saying weird to hard and troubling. Why? I'm reminded of an old joke about the economy. A recession is when your neighbor loses their house a depression is when you do. I refuse to be one of those people who notice hardship and trouble only when they hit home. After all, recessions and depressions are not new. Murders by racist police and white supremacist thugs are not new. Poverty and income inequality are not new. Efforts to destroy essential public services, such as the post office, are not new. 
Demanding that people work under unsafe conditions is not new. Authoritarianism, corruption, and voter suppression are not new. Wildfires and hurricanes are not new. Pandemics are not new, even though most of us haven't experienced one before. Though they may feel new to some of us, such hardships have been business as usual for the global majority. Thus, there is nothing new about resistance either. And yet, these weird times are new. And it's not just because we are being hit with so many attacks simultaneously. Climate change poses an imminent and existential threat to humanity as a whole that wasn't there historically, even during the greatest plagues and genocides. Of course, some of us are far less threatened by current events than others. Yet none of us can speak of future generations as a predictable given. Human survival depends on creating social, economic, and political systems that can address the magnitude of our many problems and that will work justly and effectively for the vast majority. That's a pretty tall order, and it's going to have to be done very quickly. And at least for now, within the social restrictions of a pandemic, artificially prolonged by government sabotage and irresponsible individualism. The decade of the 2020s will be a game changer. And I don't want it to be game over. Different nations, races, and cultures have faced game over. But never before has humanity faced a global deadline ultimately affecting everyone. Resistance to the attacks we are facing is absolutely necessary. However, by nature, resistance is reactive. And it is for naught if we fail to build something new, grounded in our most positive visions of justice, equity, compassion, and sustainability. As the labor song Solidarity says, and Sam quoted, we can bring to birth a new world from the ashes of the old. Can we? It's not easy to create a new world when buried over our heads in the ashes of racism, greed, apathy, and resignation. Thus, there is a new urgency to resistance and a growing willingness to go beyond the limitations of past activism. Here we are on Labor Day in the year 2020, a year when we are viewing the past with corrective lenses, seeing some of us for the first time, the price of all that has been overlooked. Yet all along, though none of us can ever see the whole picture, there have been those who saw enough, not only to resist, but also to imagine a world where injustice is possible, impossible. Sorry. Among those forces was organized labor. And though unions vary greatly in their commitment to social justice, 
both currently and historically. Overall, the labor movement has been a force for good aligned with our UU principles. Moreover, organized labor has one thing most of us do not, even if we think we do, and that's power. Systems don't work if their workers stop working. The pandemic is proving many workers are indeed essential to the most basic functioning of society, revealing their hidden power. However, like other progressive social movements in the US, labor needs to stop conceding to its enemies that their systems, and I would include our two-party political structure, are inevitable, indestructible, and at least partially desirable. With all of these tax attacks hitting us, it's time to say no. The way we have been living is not sustainable, yet alone desirable. It's unraveling before our eyes. It will be replaced, like it or not. With what? That will be determined by the quality of our resistance and the strength of our vision. So what do we do when we're under attack? What do we do? Act up, fight back. And in case you were wondering, here's the positive inspirational part of this sermon. A lot of us are acting up and fighting back. Something has shifted over this last year. How about sports? Who'd have thought last Labor Day that Black Lives Matter would be a slogan painted on professional basketball courts and worn on jerseys by athletes of all races? Pro athletes are hard to replace, and their work, while not essential, supports a significant segment of the economy. Thus, when they choose to organize, they have real power, even the power to go beyond their union contracts, shutting down games with wildcat strikes. They have leverage. Thanks to their demands, stadiums during the pandemic may now become easily accessible relatively safe polling places. Automatically, their message of anti-racist solidarity is reaching millions of other workers across the political spectrum with the potential to change many hearts and minds, demographics most of us cannot access. Even a small shift in voting could change the outcome of the coming election. But we don't have to be part of an elite sector of society to make a difference. What we need is sustained, disciplined, correct collective action. And that has always been the message of the labor movement. What force on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one, but the union makes us strong. Why do most schools remain closed even with so much pressure to reopen. Because teachers, empowered by last year's successful Red for Ed strikes, threatened to go out 
to protect themselves and their students from COVID-19. Imagine how many lives will be saved. The pandemic is fueling a new class consciousness. And whether unionized or not, workers are resisting, organizing, and even winning. Who'd have thought last Labor Day that there would be a strike wave among non-union workers at places like Amazon, Whole Foods, and Instacart, resulting for many in paid leave, health benefits, and improved safety. Labor academic David Unger wonders if the pandemic may do for us what the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire did over 100 years ago, create a new wave of union organizing by workers willing to do whatever it takes. Maybe. One thing for sure, with so many attacks and the incentive of partial victories, more workers will be acting up and fighting back and joining unions. Yes, organized labor is still weak, cramped by its obedience to unjust laws and its codependent, abusive relationship with politicians who consistently betray it. Yeah, hmm. Isn't that what keeps most of us weak? However, like labor, like most of us as well, is not immune to the rising movements against racism and capitalism. When the Longshore Union, ILWU, heard about the murder of George Floyd, it called a work stoppage of eight minutes and 42 seconds, the time it took for police to kill Mr. Floyd. And then a Juneteenth shutdown of West Coast ports and a massive car caravan protest. The ILWU has a long history of racial justice actions. What was different this year is that the ILWU was able to enroll the less militant East Coast Longshore Union and nationally the Teamsters in the work stoppage. Says Clarence Thomas, AKA the good Clarence Thomas, past president of ILWU Local 10 in Oakland, fighting police murders and white supremacy is a class question. Let's not forget that the vast majority of black people and the vast majority of victims of police repression are working class, unquote. Police unions have long been a thorn in the side of other unions, yet labor has taken almost no action against them. Who'd have thought this last Labor Day that the King County Labor Council representing more than 100,000 workers in the Seattle area would vote to expel the Seattle Police Officers Guild. Or that the LA School District, the nation's largest, would cut its police budget by 35%, directing the savings to school social services after weeks of protest and a vote by the LA teachers to demand eliminating the police entirely. Similar efforts are taking place in many cities, including San Francisco and Oakland. 
What do we do when we're under attack? What do we do? Act up, fight back. Thankfully for all of us, to quote Sam's excellent reflection, solidarity doesn't mean that everyone has to participate in the same way. There is no shortage of ways to act up and fight back. Each of us must find the ones we can do best. As Alberto Rios so eloquently writes, look back only for as long as you must, then go forward into the history you will make. May we make our descendants proud. Thank you. We are going, heaven knows where we are going, but we know within that we will get there, heaven knows how we will get there, but we know we will. It will be hard, we know, and the But we'll get there. Heaven knows how we will get there. But we know we will. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We are going. Heaven knows where we are going. And we will get there, heaven knows how we will get there, but we know we will. Oh, yeah, yeah. Before we end today, I want to invite all our viewers to our virtual coffee hour, which will start immediately following the postlude. A link is available in the video description, order of service, and is posted in the chat. Now for our closing benediction. Look at your hands. If you are with another person you can safely touch, maybe you could hold hands. These are the hands that do the work of the world, the hands of those who tend to us in the hospital, who deliver our mail, who grow our food, who ring up our groceries, who struggle with Zoom to teach our children. These are the hands that play music and the hands that applaud them. The hands that garden, make bread, and sew masks. These are the hands that carry protest signs, 
and write letters to voters they will never meet. May all our hands be blessed in their work. Amen. church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org 